guy in the NBA should ever, should ever, have, should ever wear a 23. I've been working on that shot my whole life. And, uh, you know, for that one to go in, you know, that was, that was liberating right there, man. And I'm not, I'm not shoving it aside, you know, like it don't mean anything. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we talking about 43 Justin J.D. Podcast. Hey guys, welcome. Oh, geez, that was a bad break. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to the 22 Shots of JD podcast. Um, I don't know if you can really tell, but my voice is a bit, I guess, more gravelly than usual. Probably makes me sound a bit more masculine, I guess, or sexier, probably on, on the contrary to the usual podcast. But um, uh, yeah, the podcast, if I don't know how many people, you probably definitely noticed because I've been getting hit up saying what happened to the podcast for this uh, for this week. Um, obviously, if you're listening listening to this and you have listened to the podcast before, you know that it is a week late, uh, a day late. Sorry, uh, that's just because uh, yesterday, if a lot of people don't know, I live in Australia and it was Australia Day. And as per tradition on Australia Day for any Aussie, or really if you're just in the country for Australia Day. Uh, the tradition is just to get absolutely fucked up. You just get absolutely munted and you just get destroyed instantly. Um, had a great time, a lot of drinking, obviously, getting crazy, having a lot of fun and stuff. So, um, thought, you know, it wouldn't be just to do a podcast, um, on Saturday just cause I wouldn't be, you know, I, I was pretty hammered. I'm going to be honest. I'd be hammered and I would have some pretty crazy hot takes and stuff like that. And it would just got wild. Which, surprisingly, I know a lot of you guys do want the podcast to have a wild episode. I know I had one ages ago with uh, my friends Lang and uh, Ben. Uh, that was that was a, that was probably one of the most popular podcasts actually. So it might be it might be something that you guys want, and maybe I'll try and organize something in the future. But just thought you know maybe hold off for a day, especially you know there was some a lot of games on Saturday uh, in Australia time. I guess that um, would probably influence a lot of the things I'm going to talk about, but. Um, yeah, just happy Australia Day to all the, um, Aussie fans. Um, obviously, you know, as I said, it is tradition to just get absolutely munted. Um, as, as well, I don't know if it's tradition all over the place, but it's probably well known, at least in Australia, to do the classic beer wand or the beer, um, walking stick, as some people like to call it, where basically you get a bunch of tinnies or canned, I don't know what you guys call it in in the, in the states or the UK or whatever, but basically canned beers and you drink it, and then once you drink it, you strap it, uh, you start strapping multiple cans on top of each other every time you drink it, and basically the bigger ones you have, that means it's usually just a uh, signification that I'm really fucked up, you are. So I uh, did that, and yeah, dude, I would have been super hammered to do the podcast. So definitely a bit later than usual, but you know, hope you don't mind because I. I'll be. I'm. I'm basically gonna just go touch on a lot of things that it's probably been addressed before, but I think um probably put my own spin on it and things like that. So obviously, uh, within the last episode and now the NBA All Star starters got announced. Um, you know, let's be honest. People try to make news out of it just because it is the NBA All Star, but I think it was everything that we expected from it. Um. Obviously, in the East, we saw Kemba Walker and Kyrie Irving uh, get picked. Uh, for these two starting guard spots in the Eastern Conference. And we saw Giannis, Embiid, and Kawhi Leonard get picked at the four spots. And then over to the West, we got Curry and Harden. No shockers there. 
And then we got Paul George, Anthony, De- uh, not Anthony Davis, Paul George, Kevin Durant, and LeBron James. And the two captains, LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo, which um, I guess I'll probably start there. I think LeBron was always going to get picked as captain, even though he's missed a, like a myriad of games um, as of late. You know, he's still probably the best player in the world, um, playing one of, in the, one of the biggest markets in the world. And, you know, I think it was pretty clear that he was always going to be number one. Um, I, I'm surprised how comfortably he was number one. Because you would think, you know, Curry, obvi- Curry obviously was the um, captain last year. So you thought maybe there would be some competition there. But it, it, it became clear that LeBron James, even though missing a lot of games, became captain. And on the other side, Giannis Antetokounmpo, which, all honesty, I'm very happy about. I think he was a very deserving person. Obviously, probably the front runner for MVP. So it shows that... The NBA fans are, you know, they're not sort of idiots or I guess, you know, just doing the popular vote type stuff, you know, doing a popularity contest. Even though Giannis is a very popular player, I'm not saying that he doesn't have a massive fan base, which definitely does because the Greek, the Greek fan base are just all over him. But more so what I'm saying is that, you know, they recognize that he's the best player in the East and that all the votes should go to him. Basically, this is what I'm saying. You know, it's not like, age was it like Yao Ming got picked? was like the most picked ages going didn't even play one game or something you know what I mean so you know he got he was definitely picked as a captain he was definitely deservingly picked on his merits um I think uh, I'll start off by focusing more on the east uh in you know as I mentioned Kai Irving um deservingly picked obviously there's been a lot of controversy and a lot of um just news surrounding him pretty much the whole season I was gonna say as of late but it's pretty much been the whole season um you know it's definitely been noted the Celtics struggles we all had the expectations of them being uh, basically number one or number two seed in the east but as it currently stands and number five um had a really really good game against the Warriors obviously they did lose but I think um it's definitely something to piggyback on and work on you know before that they're on a five game winning streak so um you know I think they definitely were turning a corner and uh, especially Curry himself, I think in the Golden State game he got like twenty eight and ten or something around there. I uh, don't hold, don't hold the stats uh, to me like that, but um, yeah, definitely had a great great performance. Just especially most uh, you know, especially in recent games. But I think overall, if he did sort of took a macro view on it, averaging a career high in assists, averaging you know basically twenty four points uh per game, so. Standard Kyrie Irving stuff, and he will still remain sort of the best guard in the East, um, as it stands. Uh, his partner in crime, you could say, is Kemba Walker, a very similar player to Kyrie, you know, a very ball-dominant guard, uh, score-first hub mentality, and um, obviously the Hornets, um, uh, again, one of those, you know, no-man's-land no teams. Jeez, um, I sort of made up, I sort of, you know, pioneered the phrase I don't know why I can't say my own phrase but they're sort of a no man's land team that you know what are they now I think they're ninth if uh just give me one second they are coming hey so they are in the playoffs but I think you know that's probably where they are around so probably seven to ten area you know not really fighting for much but um Kemba it's hard to deny sort of the type of season he's having, a career season, obviously a contract season, so he's definitely going to be putting his best foot forward for, you know, this season, uh, you know, this season and at least a remainder for the season as well. Um, probably controversial in some regards because there are some other people that you could, 
that you could pick. Um, some that some that I would get to later when I sort of select my own all-star reserves but in the most part I think no matter what Canberra deserves to be an all-star and you know I, I think you know really it being a starter reserve really doesn't matter at this point you know when they're doing the hall of fame accolades and stuff they don't say uh Canberra Walker two all-star appearances as a starter one as a bench player you know they don't do that they just say an all-star appearance so um you know Canberra Walker definitely deserving had that mass you know had that monster game against the uh 76ers, um, where he dropped 60, the only player to drop 60, actually not the only player, actually James Harden did drop 60, so one of two players, sorry, to drop 60 points this season, but um, yeah, just a great play, and probably really just talk too much about him, um, as I sort of mentioned, Giannis, front runner for the MVP, there's not really much to talk about, this guy does everything on the court, um, rebounding monster, no one can stop him in the paint, um, being a bit more cheeky from the three-point line, which is definitely going to be more terrifying for NBA opponents in the future. Um, but like I mentioned, Giannis, everyone knows Giannis, so, you know, that's pretty stock standard. And, you know, rounding out the Eastern Conference uh, starting five, we got Kawhi Leonard. Um, probably not the most charismatic guy, but we know what Kawhi Leonard brings. He's averaging... Um, I think a career high in points, obviously, being more of a scorer. Defensively, probably still, if, you know, a lot of people have Paul George as, you know, a front runner for the Defensive Player of the Year. But I think if you're going to pick between the two, nine out of ten times, most people are going to be picking Kawhi Leonard to be the best defender out of them. So, um, you know, we know what we get from Kawhi. Emotionless. Um, but just get you know, all game. And let's just speaking, uh, just sort of, you know, come through the ball. Oh, God, Jesus, Jordan, what are you doing, mate? It, 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 it. Jeez, maybe I'm still drunk from yesterday because I did get hammered. But yeah, like I was mentioning, you know, who knows if Kawhi's even going to be playing that much. They did, they've been resting him as of late. And I think it was his first All-Star appearance or something like that. He only played two minutes uh, last year. Oh, not last year, two years ago when he started. He played like 10 minutes, so he's not really much one for the game, but, um, you know, we'll probably see him play a little bit here and there. Um, and heading to the West, um, again, pretty stock standard. I think everything is what people expected. Um, with uh, Steph Curry starting, um, what can we say about Steph Curry? I think he, you know, with Kawhi, uh, so with, uh, actually Kawhi, Giannis, and Harden, that's sort of the three. Uh, main people in the running for the MVP, I think you could definitely got to uh, stick Steph Curry in there. Uh, it's pretty evident that the Warriors really need Steph Curry to win. They went through that massive losing patch. And basically, as soon as Steph Curry comes back, obviously, you know, you had uh, you know, DeMarcus Cousins come back and, you know, other people would get, get more healthier, like Draymond Green and stuff. But let's be honest, when Steph Curry came back, now they're just absolutely dicking down every dep- opponent. Like, it's just destruction. No one can stop them. It's basically the the book's been written. They've won the championship. So, you know, that that's sort of speaking on how great Steph Curry is. Averaging 29 points per game, second in the league. Yeah, just a beast. Um, the only one to average more points than him, obviously, is James Harden. The man dropped the 60-point triple-double. Is there really more that needs to be said? The man puts 60 points triple double. And I know, um, I don't know about the new listeners, but a lot of old listeners uh, would know that I have a really 
tenuous relationship with James Harden. I like him, but, you know, his game style is not appealing and it's, let's be honest, it's not really conducive to being successful in the playoffs. So I sort of say it's a choke in the playoffs, but, you know, it's undeniable stats. It's undeniable what he's doing this season. So, um, you know, definitely, definitely deserving an all and a, uh, also a starting spot. Um, the forward, the front court, I guess, position, usually, you know, forwards and centers like they did back in the day, but just a front court now. And it's clear that getting rid of the center position in the all-star uh, selection sort of, you know, changes everything because now we see three basically small forwards starting in um, the uh, front court for the Western Conference. We've got Obviously, LeBron James, as I mentioned, the captain, plays in LA, still probably the best player in the world, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, it's stock sand stuff for LeBron James, let's be honest. Um, with that, we have Kevin Durant. Again, probably clear that he was always going to be a starter, um, deadly scorer. Uh, you know what you're going to get from him. Obviously, there was, or, there, actually, yeah, so there was, you know, a lot of pressure, some sort of you know, scrutiny around um, him and how he was trying to, you know, he was being a leader in the warrior on the Warriors uh, with Steph Curry out. So, you know, it, there is some sort of, you know, is it his best season? Probably not, but is it good enough to be an NBA All-Star starter? I think most definitely. And um, the other one as well, poor George having, you know, a monster season, the career season, um, you could say. Definitely, uh, you know, definitely sort of great to see coming off that horrendous injury he had, you know, with um, Team America, not the movie, the basketball team. Um, you know, it's good to see him come back and basically play at the level that a lot of people didn't even think he could even get back to. You know, some people didn't even have him in that superstar. I think he's really, really close to, you could even say the superstar, to be honest. You know, two-way play is probably at least the second-best two-way play in the world. So if that doesn't condone superstar, I don't know what really is. Um but yeah, a lot of people didn't really think he could reach the superstar level again after that horrific injury. But, you know, with hard work and determination, anything happened. Hashtag motivational Monday. But, um, yeah, dude, just great on, great on Paul George for doing what he's doing on both ends of the court. And really, um, obviously, you know, really sort of, uh, I guess, transforming the way that most people look at the Thunder. Um, obviously, they had that patch where they are losing a bunch of games, you know, lost to the Lakers, lost to the Hawks and stuff, and I definitely went on a rant about that. I think it was actually last episode, so not really that long ago. But, you know, it's undeniable what he's done for the whole season, um, especially, with, uh, you know, with Russell Westbrook out at, um, at some points and stuff like that. So that sort of wraps it up. Um, with, you know, the all-star starters, congratulations to all of them. Like I said, they're all deserving, um, even though I might have some differing opinions about who should be starting and who should be a reserve. I think nonetheless, all of them deserve to be starters. And um, it sort of shows, you know, even though there was players like D Rose, uh, Donchick, um, Wade, that were, if it was in the old system and it was just based on uh, fan voting, they would get picked ahead of, you know, probably Kemba and picked ahead of like Paul George and stuff like that. Um, And, who was and Harden, um, you know, I think it's, it sort of show maybe not shows, but I think it sort of indicates that perhaps the implementation of this new, um, Zaza rule, you could say, has really aided in, you know, legitimizing the All-Stars, the premium crop of players, at least for the starters, in my opinion, so, excuse me, that might be throw up coming up from last night, um, but yeah, I think, 
it is it it is um you know a good deserving crop. Good on you boys. <laughs> um. Uh, what did I write down? Who got snubbed? I don't think anyone got snubbed again. I think there is some deferring opinions. In my honest viewpoint, I think Kemba shouldn't be starting. I did sort of, you know, mention it earlier. I would prefer someone like Ben Simmons to be starting. I think what he's done for the 76ers is probably a greater impact and greater value than what Kemba Walker's really done. But we sort of get to Simmons anyway. And then on the other side, I think... You know, definitely not a debate, but I think Anthony Davis that could have you know sort of been put in the been put in the front court. Um, you know, it, it it sort of it's just playing sort of semantics at that point, so it doesn't really matter. But um, that sort of alludes to what I'm going to talk about next, which is the NBA All Star reserves, and this is where it gets juicy. This is where it gets you know sort of controversial and stuff like that because you know like i said you know the nba all-star starter they're usually written in the start it's quite clear who they're going to be in even though there is some discrepancies generally everyone is of the same token who they are but when it comes to reserves people have basically a lot of different criteria is it winning that matters is it statistical numbers that matters is um is is it fan appeal that matters is it uh you know, it, 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 is it, you know, have people and players view you matter? You know, it's, it, there's a lot of interacting and interlinking factors that really cultivate what should condone, or it's not cultivate, what condones someone being an all-star reserve. So, um, I can say right now, one conference was a lot easier than the other. Um, it's pretty clear what that one is. And the reason why it was easy is because really there's not a lot of All-Stars. Like when I was writing down the shortlist for the Western Conference All-Stars, so many people, so many people, a lot of people that would probably be All-Stars in the East, but it's sort of how it works out. And that's probably, um, actually I'll hold on to that. I'll probably address that later, but I'll start with my Eastern Conference All-Star reserves. Um, as I mentioned from the top, uh, not from the top, what I mentioned before, Ben Simmons having a great season. I'm not just trying to be a dick riding Australian homer just because he's an Aussie boy. Um, it will be a big, big thing for Australia. Um, really, really big thing when I don't think if when Ben Simmons gets announced at an all star because he'll be the first Australian all star of all time, and it sort of is ushering in this great group and great young crop of. Australian NBA players, um, you know, Thon Maker, Jonah Bolden, we got even the great college, uh, great high school stud in Josh Green coming up, so a lot of great Australian players, and this is sort of like the, a great milestone in Australian basketball if, when, when Ben Simmons becomes an all-star, but, you know, Ben Simmons, points, rebounds, assists, does it all, steals, um, obviously, I've harped and hated on him not, not mentally being able to have the balls to take a jump shot but you know even even him not even taking a jump shot has allowed him to be an also so it sort of shows how great Simmons is in all other facets of the game and um yeah very deserving of being an all-star um I actually should should I should predicate on how I um sort of picked up my all-star reserves um the number one criteria i know a lot of people might disagree with me but i always think winning's very very important um so i basically try to pick people that are in sort of playoff positions um but that being said there is a lot of teams that 
you know, already have one All-Star, like, you know, starting and stuff like that, or just teams that really don't deserve an All-Star, like, um, I'll just say it now, the Miami Heat, sorry, Dwayne Wade, but you're not an All-Star, um, they don't have an All-Star rep- representative for me, but, like I said, it's primarily sort of who, um, you know, what teams are winning, and are in the playoff picture, and then I sort of pick from there, and then once I feel comfortable with picking the people from that winning crop, then I sort of pick the best players from sort of the next crop, maybe like the standout people, maybe look at statistical information, maybe just look at how much of a buzz they're having in the NBA and stuff like that, so that's what I get to, but like I said, first and foremost, I usually um, sort of look at winning as the main factor in choosing my all-star reserve, so uh, that leads me to D'Angelo Russell and Geez, what a turnaround D'Angelo Russell has. Uh, so getting traded from the Los Angeles Lakers by Magic Johnson was saying he doesn't have... Basically just said, you have no leadership, mate. Um, obviously, comeback, having a comeback from um, the whole Nick Young incident. Um, just, just you know, a lot of people sort of lost faith in D'Angelo Russell. And if people are saying, Sol- if Soldier Boy's climbing the biggest comeback... Mate, you got D'Angelo Russell's close to having the, one of the biggest comebacks of the year. Because the man is playing very well, playing very, very well, and if I was going to, you know, predict D'Angelo Russell being an all-star, I probably wouldn't, um, I think I maybe mentioned that he was close, but I think it's definitely solidified as being an all-star, and that's sort of, um, sort of, at that's sort of, um, not only based on his performance, but how the Brooklyn Nets are playing as well, you know, they're in the sixth position, and I'll sort of get it later into the podcast about, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, but man, Man, they're, they're, they're improving. They are improving. But D'Angelo Russell, multiple 30-point games, always, always, you know, um, distributing uh, around his teammates. And he hits big shots. This is not empty stats, you know, you guys. He, he's hitting some big shots, some clutch shots, game winners. You know he's got ice in his veins. We've seen it before. But D'Angelo Russell, very deserving. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just great to see, man. Because, you know, what, the number two pick all this scrutiny on him, all this pressure on him, and being able to go to a different environment, and it sort of, sort of proves, especially in the draft, that, you know, it's na- nature and nurture, it's very, you know, nurture, the way, the, the environment that you sort of go in, and what team you go in, is very indicative of how you're going to end up as a player, you know, um, we saw that he didn't really thrive, especially being the rookie for Kobe Bryant, didn't really thrive in that environment, and then when the keys was handed to him, um, for that second season, they sort of just, again, they just didn't like what he really brought to the table, but, Angelo Russell, man, you're doing well, uh, keep doing what you're doing, bro, keep doing what you're doing, and I like, I, I like his, um, if no one said it, his, uh, essential things on the GQ YouTube, um, thing, the man likes dogs, I respect it, I respect him hard, so, shout out to D'Lo, very deserving, um, and then after going down all the sort of teams in the Eastern Conference, I think I deserved an All-Star, you sort of see that there is not really a lot of teams that deserve multiple All-Stars. You know, um, the Celtics, I don't think, deserve multiple All-Stars. Um, as I mentioned, the Heat didn't deserve any All-Stars. So from there, I had to sort of dig deeper in the Eastern Conference ladder. And that sort of leads me to Bradley Beal um, for the Washington Wizards. Um, not you know, uh, two games back from the play, um, from from the eight seed, so not too far behind. And basically, ever since John Wall, you know, fell off, not only Bradley Beal but the Washington Wizards uh, franchise has really just gotten better. Which I guess maybe 
is more about John Wall than it really is about Bradley Beal. But Bradley Beal playing playing great, being sort of the more primary primary um, ball handler, sort of playing that more James Harden role where he's sort of conducting the offense. He's going to get his points, but he, you know, we always know he was always going to get his points. I think he's averaging over twenty. I think he's averaging like twenty eight or something. Something totally ridiculous. Um, ever since John Wall came out, and now he's distributing even more. Obviously, with a higher usage rate, that's probably gonna happen anyway. But Bradley Bill, the stats are hard to deny him. He's a, he, and he's probably one of the best shooting guards in the world. And who knows how much longer he's gonna be on the Washington Wizards? I'll just uh, I'll just say that. Um, and again, another a player playing for a pretty dud team actually has the same record as the Washington Wizards at twenty one and twenty seven. So again, only two games off from being uh, the eighth seed is the Detroit Pistons, and their representative is Luke Kennard. No, I'm kidding, not Luke Kennard, obviously not Luke Kennard, definitely not Luke Kennard, nowhere near Luke Kennard, it is Blake Griffin, the man's putting up numbers, 20, I think it's like 25, 8 and 5, something like, again, not much of a stat man, so don't quote me on that, I'm just chucking numbers and hoping they stick to the wall, but it sounds, it sounds right, doesn't it, 28, uh, 25, 8 and 5, something around there, um, Blake Griffin playing really well on a franchise that is underachieving, especially when, you know, quote unquote, they have two all-stars in Blake Griffin and uh, Andre Drummond, um, Blake Griffin sort of, you know, he's been putting in his numbers and sort of turned around the perception of him that everyone had on the Clippers. Now he's sort of become another valuable pe- not valuable person that a lot of teams are sort of being like, mm, maybe we could sort of take him on. Maybe he would be a good player to have on our team, you know. So, um, you know, Blake Griffin, mate, thumbs up. Good on you. Um, and then now you go sort of deeper in the Eastern Conference and I go to the team that is 11th. And that's the Orlando Magic. And uh, it's no surprise who the All-Star I'm picking there is. And that's Nikola Vucevic. Um, putting up monster numbers. Monster numbers. Double-double. Average 20 and 10. Couple of assists. Some blocks, steals. You know, just add that all in into the mixture that is Nik- Nikola Vucevic. Um... A lot of people say it's empty numbers, and I definitely tend to agree. They're definitely empty numbers, because if you're putting that type of monster stats, you would think that that would lead to more wins for your team, but it seems it doesn't. Um, obviously, you can't put all the blame on uh, Nikola Vucevic, because it's, it's, it's only one play, and it's four other players on the court with him on his team that can contribute. So it's definitely not just his fault, but, you know, there needs to be something said for just the numbers he's putting up. But... Like I said, Nikola Vucevic, good on you, mate. You're in. Um, I'll take that for what you're worth, mate, a picture. Um, and after looking down, you know, there's the teams like the Hawks, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Cavaliers. Um, you know, just teams that I don't really think are deserving of an All-Star, let's just be honest. When you're that, really, if you're that low, and it's not like the Western Conference where it's really just a clusterfuck of teams within that sort of playoff picture that it's just because there's so many teams that someone has to be four teams, but they're like with 20 wins or something. It's not like that. Like all these other teams below the Magic are just trash. Like 15 wins for the Hawks, 11 wins for the Bulls, 10 wins for the Knicks, 9 for the Cavs. It's just all trash teams. So I don't think you, you can't be deserving of an Orson, no matter how highlight reel your players are and stuff like that. So I sort of have to loop all the way back around and go to the Milwaukee Bucks. And if you're the number one team, um, and they are, I guess, t- 
technically tied for the number one team, you could say. Um, well, not really technically tied, not technically tied, but you, you sort of, you sort of catch the drift. I'm saying, you know, they are number one, and generally, it's usually a rule of thumb that if you're the number one team, you should be deserving of more than one All Star. And we saw that, you know, with the Atlanta Hawks back in the day when Kyle Korv and Jeff T got picked. Um, it, it just happens all the time, the multiple All-Star type thing. So, in my opinion, I think that sort of um, is relevant to the pick that I've chosen. That is Chris Middleton. Um, it's weird, though, because when you look at Chris Middleton, you think he's probably contributing at a greater level than he really is. But he's having a worse season than he was last year. Like, last year, he was, it was, it was playing very, very well. Um, and, you know, I don't know if that's because Giannis has improved, so just naturally Chris Middleton's overall role is going to reduce, but I think he is the second best player on the team. You could go between him and Eric Bledsoe. I'm, I'm more leaning to Chris Middleton because he spreads the four, sh- shoots threes, and especially when you have Giannis, whose usage rate is very high. Um, you need people to spread the uh, blah, 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 floor. You need people to spread the floor, and for a while, Chris Middleton was having an insane percentage from three. So, I think Chris Middleton's not really deserving to be picked. I think he's just with what's being offered in the Eastern Conference, he has to be picked. Um, so he's being picked. Yeah, good on you, Chris Middleton. Um, just one team that I really haven't you know, addressed and, um, one, one player, I guess, that's sort of the elephant in the room they haven't addressed, and that's the Indiana Pacers, they're third, they have 32 wins, um, you know, that they're, they're third in the Eastern Conference, you know, they're top, top 14, they're gonna have, you know, they could have home court advantage for the players, but, <sighs> gee, it's really, it really just sucks to say, you know, Victor Oladipo, he was probably a shoe-in, Showing for the All-Star game. If anything, I would even think that he's probably ahead of Simmons and more deserving to be an All-Star starter. But obviously, he had that horrific leg injury that might put him out for not only this season, but all of next season as well, which is definitely disappointing for not only the Pacers and not only for Victor Oladipo, but I think just for the NBA itself because Victor Oladipo is one of those characters, man. He's just... Everyone loves him. He sings. He did the whole Black Panther thing for the dunk contest. Everyone just loves Victor Oladipo. And it's just unfortunate that it's sort of his his season's ended this way. But if you can if you if you can take anything from what Paul George has done, um, and how he's been able to bounce back, hopefully Victor um, Oladipo can take that as inspiration. Ironically, you know, an ex Pacers player as well, take that take that as inspiration and try and work back to the All Star level that we know. He can be because he's done it. So, uh, you know, Victor Oladipo. I think if if I was a coaches, I would pick him, knowing that he, obviously he can't play. But it would be he has. I think you need to pick him so that at least he gets the acknowledgement of being an all star. All star. We know if, if you get picked to be an all star, you're an all star. Even if you can't play, it will forever be on your resume. You know, if you're trying to be a hall of fame and stuff like that. So it would just be unfortunate that Oladipo just getting an injury at the, an, an untimely moment is going to miss out on the all star game or on, on, on an all star nod. I guess you could say. So I would pick him. Um, Especially as a representative, representative for the Pacers, because you know a top three team, you you need to have an all star um, person, you know, to be represented at least. So I have him, and obviously he's not going to play. 
so you have to go and pick someone else. And again, sort of following on the same trajectory as why I picked Chris Middleton, I picked Carl Lowry. And, um, you know, the Bucks one game back from the, uh, sorry, the Raptors one game back from the Bucks. Um, again, like I said, if you wrote, if you're one or two seed, I think it is, you are generally deserving of having two all-stars. And again, in the East, there is not a lot of all-star caliber plays, in my opinion. So I think Lowry being a, a former all-star, obviously not playing at the level he's been playing in the past, especially when he used to play with DeRozan and stuff. I think that he's having a bit of trouble um, actually adjusting to playing with um, with Kawhi Leonard because he's more of a different player than, um, excuse me, De, uh, DeMar DeRozan. But I think nonetheless, there's a reason why the Raptors remain successful when Kawhi Leonard's not playing. There's a reason for that. Um, obviously, they are a bit deeper. They got more talent. Pascal Siakam's improved. Serge Ibaka, you know, e- even at his age, has improved. So there is a lot of um, actual reasons why they've improved besides just Kyle Lowry himself, especially when Kawhi's not playing. But I think Kyle Lowry is sort of the main focal point of the offense and even the defense uh, in some regards to when Kawhi Land is not playing. And to sustain this level of success for the Raptors, uh, when your MVP caliber player is not playing and Larry can um, increase the level of his game to an all-star level when he's not playing. And then on top of that, can still sort of play effectively at in some degree, maybe not statistically as what's being shown, but he can still be a v- valuable contributor when, you know, playing on the Raptors full-strength team as well. So I think very deserving. You could say maybe Pascal Siakam, but I think he's one year away from being one year away type thing. He'll get there. He'll, he'll definitely get there in the future, but I just maybe just not now. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that, that's, that sort of rounds it off for the Eastern Conference All-Stars. Again, I'll sort of repeat it. I had uh, Benjamin Simmons, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell, Bradley Beal, uh, Blake Griffin, Nikola Vucevic, Victor Oladipo, who gets stubbed out for Kyle Lowry, and then lastly, Chris Middleton as well. Um, some notable snubs. Um, a lot of people have probably gone like, there's there's one player in the Eastern Conference that's an all-star level of talent, and I definitely think he is an all-star. And he, he might be deserving. He probably will get picked. Maybe, uh, maybe he will get picked by the coaches. But in my opinion, I wouldn't let him be an all-star this year for a myriad of reasons myriad of reasons, and that is the person, <laughs> that really f- fucked up that intro, and that person is Jimmy McBucket's Butler, um, Jimmy Butler, um, you know, he is an all-star level talent, he is a dog, he is sort of the main, you know, you could say sort of the leader of the 76ers, he hits the clutch shots, they rely on him down the stretch to not only play a make, but to score, um, so yeah, you could say he's deserving, but why is he not deserving Jordan this year? One, he's a dick. Two, he's an arsehole. And three, he's a prick. That's basically all it is. It all that's all it is. The stats would indicate that he's an all-star. Um I guess technically you could say that Philadelphia is a team that doesn't deserve three all like, you know, if you're coming forced, you don't deserve three all-stars. You know what I'm saying? You sort of you know, if if the Bucks only get two and the Raptors get two and then the Pacers, you know, excluding Victor Oladipo, get none, and then the Seventy Sixers get three, is it really deserving that they get three? I don't, I don't really think so. But, um, 
you know, I think it's more more the reason why Jimmy Butler's not going to be get picked. It's good. It's just a, it, you know, excuse my excuse my you know American and UK fans, but us all dudes would just describe me as a fucking cunt. It's just a straight up cunt. He's like he just it just you know he basically just titanicked the Minnesota Timberwolves season for a month. Then he moves to the Philadelphia 76ers, sort of blends in, and then has a fight with the coach, Brett Brown. Really, dude? Really? Your success... Like, the team's playing well, and you still have the nerve to say that, you know, you're not liking the team. And, again, players should voice their opinions, especially, you know, if I was a coach, I would like the players to voice their opinion. I would want them to talk about, you know, perhaps some changes, you know, because, you know, they are the ones executing it. And if they don't feel comfortable playing, then, you know, the team's not going to be successful. But Jimmy Butler's sandbagged the team, essentially fired one coach... And basically shot on another coach. And if you forgot who chooses the NBA um, All-Star Reserves, it's the assistant coaches. So if this guy's just maliciously taking out one coach and then just you know, trying to de- demean another coach, the assistant coach is going to be like, you know what, we're going to ride for Jimmy Butler because he's a good player. Or they're going to ride for their mans. Their coaching mans. Of course they're going to ride for their mans. So that's why Jimmy Butler's not going to get picked. Um, I wouldn't pick him anyway because he's a bit of a dick and plus 76ers don't deserve three All-Stars, but the, the assistant coaches are not going to pick him because they try to ruin their man. That's basically what I'm saying. Um, what else in regards to the Eastern Conference All-Stars? Um, you could maybe say Zach Levine might have been deserving. He definitely has cooled off as of late, but you know your team's only won 11 games. You're not really an All-Star. Right? You're not really an, all, an All-Star. Um, another comment I did want to make as well is the Celtics at fifth. Um, let's be honest, as I mentioned, they are underachieving. A lot of teams would expect them, or a lot of you know people would expect them to be further up. And as a result, you would think that they, had, they would have more all stars. You know, Horford, an all star in the past. I don't think he's deserving of an all star appearance. Gordon Haywood, former all star. You know, he's still trying to get back to his form. He did, you know, have a severe leg breaks uh, or ankle break or whatever you want to call it so it's probably gonna take him some time as well anyway um but i think the one person that we all thought that was gonna take that next step and that next leap to be an all-star was um jason tatum and it is a bit disappointing to see jason tatum not take that next leap um is it because there might be sort of more players on the team that demand more the ball of course it's probably another factor is another factor it's called he trained with kobe bryant and kobe bryant just told him to do pull-up jumpies again that could be another factor but you know overall you'd think that he would take that next step especially what he did in the playoffs and sort of how he presented himself to the nba world it's like this is the next dude this is the next dude i, I even let's be honest a lot of us would have thought that if an Anthony Davis trade was possible for the Celtics, that there would be really just one person that wasn't going to be touched, and that was Jason Tatum. And obviously, Jason Tatum himself said that he would trade himself for Anthony Davis. But, you know, before the season started, did Jason Tatum look like a, I wouldn't say a generational player, but, you know, definitely progressing towards superstar-level talent. And I think he still probably would reach at least a star superstar-level talent. But this is definitely a little, you know, speed bump in the road to that. Um, so, you know, it's unfortunate that he's not an all-star. But, you know, he'll, he'll definitely get his time. He'll get his time. So, uh, and that sort of wraps up the Eastern Conference. 
NBA All-Star Reserves, which leads to the NBA All-Star Reserves in the Western Conference. And as I move my paper over and I see a bunch of names that I put down for the NBA Western Conference NBA All-Star Reserves, I start with some of the obvious. And I think the most obvious is Nikola Jokic, the Joker. The man put up one of the most historic triple-doubles ever. This guy had a triple-double where he was perfect from the field. This guy has is a center and he, he gets triple-doubles. He could be, he's, you know, who knows, in a couple seasons, he could be one of the first, he could be the first frontcourt player ever to average a triple-double. He's averaging, like, what, 20, 10, and 8, or so, 20, 10, and 8, or something like that. He's the, he's the centerpiece of a team that's coming second in the Western Conference, and a low to Western Conference, and not only just second, but second quite comfortably to the point where they're nearly first. And they were first at one stage before the Warriors became the Warriors. But Nikola Jokic is the reason why the Nuggets are the Nuggets, um, putting up monster stats, monster numbers, and really sort of has brought a style of playing a game in which a lot of people thought we were moving away from. You know, people thought we were moving away from the big man, and then Jokic says, F you, middle finger to the sky. I'm a big man. I'm going to play like a big man, yet also be able to shoot the three and distribute the ball. So Nick Nikola Jokic definitely deserving. He could even been deserving to be a starter in all in, in in all honesty. Let's let's just be honest. If 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 it was the old system where it was guards, two guards, two forwards, and one center, I think it would have been obvious that Nikola Jokic would have been the center or the starting center for um, the NBA Western Conference. But you know that's neither here nor there. Jokic resume speaks for itself. Um, Another short thing, which some people would have the audacity to argue that it's not a short thing, is Russell Westbrook basically averaging like what twenty two, eleven, and eleven, something around there. Obviously, you know, no one's really talk about him averaging a triple double again because he's done it again. It's sort of old news, boy, boy who cried wolf. We're sort of like, we get it, mate. You can average a triple double, which definitely we shouldn't be scoffing at because no one's ever done it like this. This man plays hard, he's a dog, and he's the reason why the Thunder are coming third. I did mention Paul George, he's having an outstanding season, but let's just not forget who's the best player on the team and who's the dog, and that's Russell Westbrook. And I know he's shooting a career low um, in free throws, having one of his worst three-point shooting seasons, one of his worst field goal seasons, and his efficiency is just terrible. Terrible. In that Lakers game, he went like, what, 7 for 30? Really? 7 for 30? But the man averaged a triple-double. He's putting out assists like it's nothing. And there's a reason why they're number three in, in, in the West. In a loaded West. So definitely, definitely deserving of being an all-star starter. Oh, no, <laughs> an all-star reserve. Uh, another shoe-in, I think, is Dame Lillard. He used to never be a shoo-in. He used to be a sh- Actually, he was a shoo-in. Let's be honest. He was a shoo-in to always be snubbed. He was a constant snub. The man, scoring savant, always averaged around 25 points per game. And I think the biggest knock on him was sort of, I wouldn't say his leadership per se, but it's more so why his teams weren't being as successful as it is. And uh, right now, no one can question that. The number four in the West, 
Um, only half a game back from the Thunder, so easily could be a top three team. Um, and Dame Lillard's really the engine that's doing it, and he's not doing it in the usual way that he does. You, you know, we all know he can score, but he's being more of a playmaker, distributor, someone that shares the ball around. CJ, have your shot. Seth, have your shot. Um, why do you think Yusuf Nurkic has improved so much? I think it's all because Dame has not only matured, but understood that he needs to, I want to say, sacrifice um, his shots, but more so um, be more, making more um, basketball, basketball savvy moves. Um, because I think them getting swept in the playoffs by the Pelicans really sort of put the mirror to their face. I know, even I was saying that maybe they should just trade the core and rebuild, but I think it's quite clear that what they have is good they might need to add some few pieces cough cough mellow but i think dame sort of not again not changing his game entirely but sort of uh adding i guess a, a few more facets to it to it has enabled the trailblazers to be a top four team so dame definitely deserving um and then we go down the list and a lot of people might not have him in the all-star team a lot of people might have another player from his team in the all-star team but again i prefaced it when i was uh, when i was adding when i was creating my criteria that winning is very much the most important reason or most important uh, factor in who i choose as an all-star and uh, for that reason i pick lamarcus aldridge not the sexiest pick not a, really a superstar, but by any by any means, he's definitely a star player. But um, I think you just have to pick him. You have to pick him. Um, he's just he's just a good player. He's a good player, and I think he's the reason why the San Antonio Spurs are coming six. Um, a lot of people were sort of questionable if they were going to be a playoff team. And it's sort of, it's sort of become apparent that it looks like they they may be a playoff team. Obviously, either they're very loaded West, and basically what they're one game, well, basically one to two games out of being like from the playoffs. So obviously it is very close. But as it stands right now, as I'm recording this podcast, um, in Australian time, to the twenty second of January, twenty nineteen, Lamarcus Aldridge is an all star. Is an all star to me. Um, he carries the team basically, and I think. You know, you. I guess I should mention him anyway right now. A lot of people might say, why is, you know, maybe DeMar DeRozan should get picked. The reason I pick Aldridge because DeMar DeRozan can put up his numbers and his stats and the Spurs could still lose. But when Aldridge puts up his numbers and his stats, his numbers have such a vast influence on in the game that generally the Spurs win. And Aldridge automatically, we know from the mid-range, one of the uh, one of the rare people that sort of like to bang and you know play in the post type player, um yeah and again not the sexiest pick and you know when we get to the dra- when, when you know when we get to sort of drafting these players Aldridge let's be honest probably going to be the last one picked I think he was the last one picked last year if room is served correctly but like I said deserving of being an all star um dropped the monster 50 point game so if that you know doesn't tickle your fancy i don't know what else what else with aldridge um um as i mentioned you know before when i was discussing the eastern conference teams especially the number one and number two seeds i generally think that they should have multiple stars and i know with the warriors they already have curry and durant but 
Clay definitely is deserving of being an all-star. Again, one of those, like, you know, this whole list could very chop and change between different people and different perspectives. Like, some people don't think Clay is deserving, but the man dropped 44 points on the Lakers with 10 straight threes. This guy's had a 50-point game in three quarters. Oh, no, 40-point game in three quarters. This guy is a stud. And I know he had a slow start to the season. Couldn't, you know, couldn't shoot a three for his life, if, on, his, on his life, it depended on it. But, you know, it's come clear. He's again creeping his three-point percentage up to the 40s, which, you know, is ridiculous as per what's standard for Clay. And it's, uh, you know, maybe it is sort of getting, again, you know, we know what we're going to get from Clay. We know what we're going to get from Clay. And maybe it's like, maybe you want something different. But the team's number one. They're one and a half games ahead of the Nuggets, and Clay's very much a critical piece of the team. It's just clear, and um, because of that, I think he is deserving of an all-star nod. So, yeah, good on you, Clay. Um, this is where it sort of gets contentious. This is where it sort of gets tricky. Um, again, I like to award winning. You even like to award accolades, you know. You feel like if someone's the player of the month for a conference, you think that they should be an all-star. Don't you? You think they should be an all-star. And um, because of that, I have Tobias Harris as an all-star reserve for the Western Conference team. A lot of people might not like that. Uh, Again, not a sexy pick. He's not a sexy pick. But again, I reward winning, and the Clippers are in the playoffs as we t- as 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 I as it stands on the twenty seventh of January, twenty nineteen. They are the number. They are the number eight seed. He was the Western Conference Player of the Month at one point this season. Let's not forget about that. The guy's averaging over twenty points per game. He's averaging uh, a great amount in rebounding. I think career high in rebounding. He's the centerpiece of the team, and again. I can't reiterate, he's not sexy. Even physically, I wouldn't really rate him as sexy. But his game is his game. He contributes greatly to the team. And he deserves to be an all-star. He deserves. It's just, it, to me, he deserves to be an all-star. You can argue all you want. You can say, you know, he's not exciting. Uh, you can say the Clippers are not really, you know, the Clippers are not that far deep in the players for you to condone an automatic sport for Clippers All-Star. Yes, you can you can say all that, but numbers don't lie. People do. And Tobias Harris deserves to be an All-Star, and that's that's where I'm going to sort of leave it. Um, and again, oh, I don't know why I keep saying it again. I think that's probably something I'm going to stop saying in my vocabulary. But to round off the Western Conference, um... All-Stars, just, yep, to, to round it off, notable person that, you know, hasn't been, hasn't been said, probably quite clearly could even be an NBA All-Star starter, and that is Anthony Davis, and he's sort of the one player who outlies everything, you have to pick him, no matter what, the guy's putting up crazy numbers, like 29, he's like averaging, what, 28 points per game, something around there, obviously leading the league in blocks, he's really doing everything, and obviously, it's quite clear when he's not playing, the Pelicans suck ass, and not in a good way, like, not in an eat ass, eat your groceries, Jenny Aiko type of way, they just suck, they're terrible, they can't do anything, and yes, Jaleel Okafor, people know that if they've listened to the 23 Shots of JD podcast from the beginning, 
I've loved Jaleel Okafor. Putting up monster numbers. Even blocks. The guy's averaging... The guy got five blocks. Yeah, five blocks. Or six blocks one game. And then four blocks another game. But you know Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. 29. I think 12 or 13. Blocks. A career-high in assist. And that's putting up historic numbers that we haven't seen in decades. That, that decades. And I know his team's coming 13th. I know his team's five wins from from the playoffs. I know it might be he might not even be with the Pelicans by the time this podcast comes out. Who knows what's gonna happen with Anthony Davis? But nonetheless, hundred percent an all star, and that's not debatable. If anything, I would even say an all-star starter. That's how much of an all-star this guy is. Superstar. Beyond superstar. The Brow, AD, is an all-star. So I repeat my NBA Western Conference all-stars again. I have Nikola Jokic, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, LaMarcus Aldridge, Clay Thompson, Tobias Harris, and Anthony Davis, and um, I know generally, I, I sort of, I didn't really even think about it when I was making the list, but generally, when they do the All-Star, the assistant coaches sort of pick two guards, three fours, and two wild cards, um, there's been reports that Adam Silver said just disregard that and pick the seven best players, which I guess, you know, is probably better that way, um, but when I sort of look at it, I do sort of have two forwards, three forwards for the West, of I guess you could sort of keep. I guess you can. Tobias Harris is a front court player as well. So I've got four front court players for the West. And I've got. Mm, if you count Middleton as a small forward, I've got three for the East. So, you know, sort of sort of, sort of, of fell in line with the general way that they do it. So, um, yeah. Those are my All Star reserves. Um, I guess I should address. A lot, and I mean a lot, of the notable snubs from the um, NBA All-Star Reserves for the Western Conference. Um, I have Steven Adams. I think he's been playing fantastic, having a career season. Uh, again, his stats probably won't reflect it. He's one of those guys that sort of the stats don't tell the true story of how this, of how this man plays. But he's really much the engine that ticks for the Oklahoma Thunder. And I know I said Russell Westbrook is the Don. But what Adams does, all the dirty work, one of the best offensive rebounders in the game, pick and roll finisher, on point, alley-oop, easy, money. Saves Mason Plumley from breaking his neck. Um, no one wants to fight him. Looks like Aquaman looking nice, but, you know, Saban Adams, I think, is definitely someone that could easily been picked. You, know, you could even pick him ahead of Aldridge if you didn't like Aldridge, really. Like, I think he's sort of that close, really, with Adams. Um... Plus, it would be just good for a Kiwi to come up, you know, a Kiwi and an Aussie to be in the NBA All-Star game. That would be legendary. The first Australian and the first Kiwi. And imagine on the same team, that trans-Tasman, not rivalry, that trans-Tasman chemistry. That would be great. And I think maybe that's just a homer for an Aussie guy wanting to see a, a the, the younger brother, as we like to say in Australia, you know, to New Zealand, the, the young blood, the young blood to be a um uh, an NBA All-Star. Um... Funny enough, and a notable selection or notable team that I didn't really mention when discussing the Western Conference 
um, also reserves was the Utah Jazz, and they are seventh. They actually had the Clippers, so you could even argue that maybe they should one of those two players that I'm going to mention should take Tobias Harris spot, but Tobias Harris Western Conference Player of the Month. You can't just diss a man like that. You can't just diss a man like that. So due to that, I had Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert missing. Um, Donovan Mitchell definitely on the cusp, but. I think it's just because his game is very one-dimensional at the moment. He's just scoring the ball, doesn't rebound much, doesn't assist. Sort of defense here and there, but I think he's really just primarily focusing on scoring. And if we're going to just pick people based on scoring, I think there's a lot of people ahead of him. Um, Donovan Mitchell, though, definitely should be noted. Um, you know, when I, when, we, when I talk about Jason Tatum taking that next step, I think Donovan Mitchell... Is close was close is sort of close to <laughs> how many times do I want to say close is need to taking that next step. He's he might be on the cusp of it, but I think he sort of stayed relatively stagnant at least for the beginning of the season, ramping it up more in January. But I think again, he's a young cat. He was gonna have a lot of other opportunities and opportunities to make the All Star team. Um, so that's why I sort of give Tobias Harris a nod over Donovan Mitchell, and I would Rudy Gobert. I think there is a definite conversation that he could get picked ahead of LaMarcus Aldridge just because what he provides defensively. The guy just, no one wants to go in the paint when this, when, 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 start a step, Jordan. <laughs> when this man is defending, like, he just secures the paint like no one can in the NBA. And um, he scores as well. Again, average, he averages a double-double. I think it's like 15 and 13. Obviously, you're gonna, he's going to be averaging some blocks as well. So there is a great argument for LaMarcus Aldridge, but the Spurs are ahead of the Jazz, and LaMarcus Aldridge dropped 15 in one game. So that's sort of why I have LaMarcus there. Again, probably both picks aren't that sexy. If I was, you know, if you're going to go in sexiness, maybe Donovan Mitchell. The man's pretty sexy, but the all-side reserves are not based on sexiness. So it's just what it is. Um, and uh, probably a big, big person that didn't get picked, and one that people would definitely have picked. Probably has like a certain, but I don't have him picked because the team's shit. And that is Carl Anthony Towns, Kitty Cat, as I like to call him. Um, yeah, just, I don't think, you know, his stats again, there's a lot of players that have these, you know, have stats that can back up them being an all-star. But again, as I preface this from the, from the beginning of picking these reserves, I said winning takes precedence. And, your team sucks, Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns. Mr. Towns, Anthony Towns. I don't know how you want to pronounce your last name. If it's hyphen, if I say Anthony Towns, or if you just say Towns. Um, it's pretty disrespectful because I think it is Carl and then Anthony Towns. So, for people to just say Towns, you're really just, you're actually disrespecting either the mom or dad. I don't know which one is the Towns, but one of these parents are getting disrespected when commentators and um, analysts just say Towns. You've got to say Anthony Towns or say Cat. Include the whole family. Don't diss this man's family like that. The Carthing Towns um, doesn't get picked. Your team sucks, but you're you, you, and you and you have empty stats. Sort of like Vucevic. You're really the Vucevic of the West, meaning that if you're in the East, mate, you'll be <laughs> definite All Star. You'll probably be like starting in the All Star game, possibly potentially. But your team's trash, so you're not in. You mate, you 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 getting it? You'll get in another time, cat. Just not this year. Um. Another person which I was so close to putting in just because I love this man. Talks about sexy. Not in, I wouldn't say like, he's not really that sexy. His mom's sexy. 
I'm not trying to do you dirty like that, but <laughs> let's, let's call a spade a spade. Your mom's sexy. Um, and that's Luka Doncic. <laughs> I was just thinking about his mom for a second. And that's Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic deserves to be an NBA All-Star. Um, why should he deserve to be an NBA All-Star? The man's averaging historic numbers, not only for a rookie, but someone his age. Ridiculous. He's having a ridiculous season, and if the Mavericks were sort of closer to the playoff picture, even like around, you know, they're, they're coming 12th, they were like 9 or 10, I, I probably would have slid him in there, and who knows, he, he might he might get in. Maybe the, maybe the assistant coaches might put him in, because, you know, assistant coaches definitely have a different perspective of, you know, someone like me or analysts and stuff, like, you know, or fans and things like that. They're probably looking game, like, who do we game plan for this team? Who's the most important player that we need to focus on? They're probably not looking at stats or stardom or standings. They're probably like, who is the team, who's the player that we fear the most when we're game playing and stuff? And maybe that's Luka Doncic because the man's the man for, you know, the Mavericks. He is the Don. He's 19 years old and he's the Don. The man got it, you know, he's the second youngest to have a triple-double. Recently just had a 32-8-8 game. You know, just can't deny this. what, what this guy does. He's a stud. Um, I'll just rattle off a couple more. Devin Booker. People love Devin Booker. He got he was pretty high in the player voting. Um, but your team's trash. 11 wins. No, look, you, you, your team's trash. You, you, you can't be an all-star if your team's trash. Maybe empty stats. Ooh, conspiracy. Um, another player that's sort of like Donovan Mitchell that's really on the cusp of, cusp of making it. It's really just unfortunate that the guard depth is so deep um, in the West because he, he could be pretty close to, a, to an all-star nod, really. And now that's the Aaron Fox. Um, the Kings are coming 10th at the moment. Two games out of the playoffs. You know, who knows if they were in the playoffs, maybe he would he would have got a nod. Playing fantastic. Um, again, he, he he's the engine that makes Sacramento run. Um, having a fantastic season, points, assist-wise. He really just does everything defensively. Um, very sound. So, and Deion Fox as well. Um, as I mentioned before, I always feel like the top two or even the top three teams deserve... Uh, multiple All-Stars, and, you know, the Warriors, I think, oh, they already have multiple All-Stars, I think they were add with Clay, and the Thunder will have multiple All-Stars with Ross and even potentially Steven Adams, but one team that doesn't get multiple All-Stars is the Denver Nuggets, and um, if they were going to have multiple All-Stars, I think Jamal Murray is in the running, he's had fantastic games, um, you know, obviously gets on a lot of players' nerves, a bit chippy, uh, a bit chippy, sorry. Um, in you know his trash talking and stuff like that. Um, if someone, if you mentioned Jamal Mar- Jamal Murray's name right now, people will probably just come with he got dropped by James Harden pretty much. So probably probably not the most ideal time to mention his name or to at least mention his name for the All Star nod. But definitely been playing well, very much improved, and um, you will definitely see him become an All Star later in his career, if not in the near future. Um. I sort of mentioned it before, DeMar DeRozan as well. And I think if he wasn't injured, I think he would be an all-star. And that's Clint Capella. I think he would definitely be ahead of Aldridge or Tobias Harris. I guess those are probably my two wildcard spots. Um, Capella, the guy does everything for the team. Rebounding, scoring. He scored, you know, pick and roll, defensively. He really is the anchor for the Rockets and allows the Rockets to be the Rockets. So, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, he's injured and not only injured for a little bit, for a while. So hopefully he comes back healthy and better than ever. And it just sucks that maybe just timing-wise, he's, he's, he's not ever to be an all-star. So, um, 
so that's unfortunate. But yeah, that sort of wraps up the Western Conference All-Star Reserves. I'll go through it. Uh, you know, I give a little bit of a recap. So my Eastern Conference All-Star Reserves are Benjamin Simmons, D'Angelo Russell, Bradley Beal, Blake Griffin, Nikola Vucevic, Victor Oladipo, Chris Middleton, and Carl Larry. Obviously, Oladipo is going to get X-Stack because he's injured, but I think he definitely deserves to be acknowledged as an All-Star. Um, and in the Western Conference, I have Nikola Jokic. Oh, sorry, Nikola Jokic, excuse me. Uh, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, LaMarcus Aldridge, Clay Thompson, Tobias Harris, and Anthony Davis, plus a lot of honorable honorable mentions. So that sort of wraps up with the All-Star Reserves. Um, Jeez, the podcast is going pretty... It's probably the longest podcast I've done in a while. I can't believe you guys have... Let's, what, what are the odds that you guys are still listening? If you're still listening... Actually, email me, DM me, comment on YouTube or whatever. Comment Dettol, like 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 the hand sanitizer. Comment Dettol, and I'll know if you guys are riding riding or dying with me right now because it's been a long podcast. But there is some stuff that I did want to mention as well. I'll probably try and be quick so it's not too long of a podcast. Um, sort of the general view of the All Star, what I think of it. Great, cool. Um, I think it sort of became clear how, how sort of different fans view All-Stars and players and, um, coaches, I think, or players and media, sorry, because, you know, we saw, as I mentioned, D-Rose, Dwayne Wade, Luka Doncic, players like that, you know, in the old system would be an All-Star, which, you know, if we're going to be perfectly honest maybe that's the way it should it should always be i think the you know we always say that the nba all-star weekend is for the fans and if the fans don't get the majority of the vote then is it really for the fans or is it really just for the nba trying to put out the best talent and you know there is probably arguments for both but if we're gonna if again if if it's for the fans and maybe the fans should have full autonomy of who they can pick from one to twelve how about that? That that might be something interesting as well. Um, but yeah, you know that that's gonna be you know see what happens there. Um, I think I don't know how um, the All Star Draft is gonna roll. I don't know if they're actually gonna be drafting live. There's still so much conjecture about it. I know they mentioned it like probably way earlier in uh, like you know early before the season started about you know how the how it's gonna be televised. But no one really knows how it's gonna be televised. Is it gonna be like an actual draft order because? The Lakers, I think, are playing the Celtics when they're going to do the drafts. I don't know how that's going to really work. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be a bit interesting to see. Um, I think what the more sort of juicy part about the whole All-Star draft is all the different storylines that are in it. Um, I saw, like, the NBA jump or some, some um, program, some NBA program talk about, oh, you should pick this player to try and recruit them for your team. No NBA All-Star draft is going to dictate what team players are going to go to. If 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 LeBron James drafts Kyrie Irving, they're not going to be like, oh my god, Kyrie Irving's going to go to the Lakers, it's a sign. No, that's not what it's going to mean. That's definitely not what it's going to mean. So let's just not be dumb. That's just That was just dumb. That was a dumb segment that I saw. It's just, that's not going to happen. Um, and then another interesting storyline with Giannis. Giannis actually came out and said that he wants to pick Ross, Ed, and Bede on his team at the same time, which would be absolutely fantastic because he said, I'm a lover, not a fighter. 
Um, coming from the guy that wanted to punch Mario Hazonia in the nuts, I don't know how accurate that statement is or how truthful that statement is. Being a lover of fighter, Giannis, I don't know if you're telling your lies, mate, Mr. Pinocchio, so your nose grow type thing, but would be interesting to see Russ and Embiid. Maybe they could they could be like a Michael Jordan freeze out. Who knows? Like, if Russ is on the court, maybe just freezes out Embiid, like refuses to pass to Embiid. That could be a thing. Still, all of Embiid's rebounds, doesn't pass in the ball. That could be a thing. That's definitely one storyline to um to look to. Um, but yeah, that's sort of just it for the All Star segment, I guess. You know, it, it it did get it did run a bit longer than I expected, but it is there is a lot to address. There is a lot to address. It is one of my favorite weekends, and hopefully, I'm not working because I do want to watch it in full. Um. um I guess it's sort of more of a somber moment now. Um, as I talked about again, Victor Oladipo having that catastrophic leg injury. You just don't want to see that to a player like him. Again, as I mentioned, likable. Everyone likes him. His game's very entertaining to watch. And he definitely has an infectious, not only personality, but just winning mentality. And that's, again, resonated within the Indiana Pacers franchise. And that's why they're coming third. There is a reason why they're coming third. You know, obviously coaching and the other players in the team and stuff. But Victor Oladipo is the main focal point of why this team is in the position that it is. And it just sucks that this guy is looking at a long, long time on the sidelines. Like, Paul Zingas length. Um, poor George's length, you know, this 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 guy, he's going to be out for a long time, and hopefully he can come back, as I mentioned, to the level that he was in the past, but, you know, that's not, that's going to be coming with some hard sweat and tears, and it sort of puts the Indiana, Indiana Pacers in a very peculiar position, because, you know, they are third, and I think at this point, they've already, they're on 32 wins, you know, they, they're sort of way too far to really, quote-unquote, tank and try and get a decent draft pick, I think, do they cut their losses and try and, you know, do nothing with the team before the trade deadline and just keep it what it is and hope, like, look, they're, they're, nine, they're nine wins ahead of eight spot. So they do have a nice buffer to try and, you know, still compete for the playoffs, maybe get, like, a six or seven seed, one and done, get out of the playoffs, and then try and revamp for next year. Um, or do they try and make some moves? Obviously, there was rumors with um, Mike Conley going to the Pacers, I think he's from Indiana, so it'd be sort of going back home. Um, there was a lot of, lot of rumors surrounding that, but also the more him pairing with Victor Oladipo. But now, again, with Victor Oladipo not only being out for this year, but most likely all of next year, it sort of again puts him in a peculiar position. Uh, Miles Turner's been re-signed and stuff like that, so you know he's sort of going to be there for a while. You know what do you do with Sabonis? Uh, you know Bogdan, Thaddeus Young. You know you got a lot of pieces that. Um, you got to sort of think about, definitely got to think about, and that's, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what the pace is, not only do for the remainder of this season, but definitely next season as well, to see what they're going to try and push for, um, and I guess I'll, I'll end the podcast on arguably the greatest player of all time, Mitch Creek, why do I say it's the greatest player of all time, not only because he's Australian, shout out to the Aussie as well, but because this man is averaging the best per 48 minutes, I think of all time. I think he's averaging 1,048 points per 48 minutes. And why is that? Because he got subbed in to shoot a free throw. So, in technicality, he was there for one second. And he got one point. 
And if you do the math, that's ten. That's one thousand forty-eight points. So, congratulations, congratulations, Mr. Creech. Uh, you know, in all seriousness, I know I'm sort of clowning, but it's great to see another Aussie in the NBA. And as I mentioned with you know Ben Simmons, and I guess it sort of ties in with sort of this whole celebration of, of Australia with Australia Day being yesterday and absolutely getting pissed drunk and stuff like that. It's great to see Mitch Creek, um, not only another Aussie, but a guy that came through the system in the domestic league in Australia, in the NBL. And, um, you know, he sort of adds to um, the, I guess, sort of adding credentials and adding... Um, I, you know, aiding great in giving the NBA a better reputation. You know, we've already seen people from the National Basketball League, which is the Australian um, basketball comp. You know, we've seen people like, you know, a lot of people might not even know my American viewers and my UK viewers. Uh, players like Tory Craig came from the NBL. Um, uh, who was James Ennis came from the NBL. You know, so definitely some quality players, and Mitch Creek adds to that as well. So it's just great to see Mitch Creek, um, you know, make it into the NBA and add to this new crop of Aussies representing, you know, us on the biggest stage in basketball. Because <laughs> before Bogut, man, nothing really happened. We had Gaze and Shane Hill and stuff like that, who, you know, even though they won championships and stuff like that, at least Shane Hill for the San Antonio Spurs, so, you know, didn't really make noise. Then we had Bogut, a number one pick, but, you know, even though he made an all-NBA third team in one point of his career, did he really live, live up to an uh, to a number one pick standard? Perhaps not. Maybe injuries derailed him. Then we had Exim, top five pick, who I think is still going to be good, but, you know, ACO injuries derailing him as well, that's... That's unfortunate, and you know, finally, someone like Ben Simmons, who's definitely slated to have his first NBA appearance, uh, NBA All Star appearance. We have people like Thon Maker, um, God, who else am I thinking? Now I'm just sort of blanking. You know, you, you know, the Aussies, they know, you know who you are. Shout out to you guys, and God, I am tired. And uh, because of that, I'll end it here. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to interact with me even further than you have for this one hour and 13 minutes and 18 seconds, if you want to interact with me further, you can find me on Twitter at 23ShotsToJD. Um, but if you don't use Twitter, if you don't like Twitter, you don't have Twitter, you can um, email me, 23shotsofjd at gmail.com. Any questions, queries, things you want me to talk about. Maybe you have homework that you want me to help you, you know, help you out. I don't know, really, whatever. I, I can, you know, we can have a bit of a convo and stuff like that, see what happens. Maybe take you out for a nice dinner date if you're a lady that's looking for a man. <laughs> um, um, as well... Probably the best place to find me is on Instagram because I love using Instagram. Uh, just search through 23 Shots of JD and you'll find my profile. Follow, DM me, whatever, what you, what you want me to, you know, do and stuff like that. It's all good. Um, but, yeah, besides that, I think that's sort of it. Um, yeah, longer than usual podcast, but there was a lot of address. And I'm um, sorry if this sort of uh, me posting it when I'm going to post. It sort of doesn't help you guys. And I, I know that's it, it sucks and I wish... I wasn't pissed drunk on Saturday, but mate, gotta gotta celebrate Australia Day, you know. Be a proud Australian, you know. Be true blue Aussie. Um, but yeah. <laughs>